everyone. I am so glad you're here. I am Scott. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I am in recovery for uh, depression, anxiety, uh, struggled with suicidal thoughts at one time. Uh, I struggled with codependency, insecurity, and a whole lot of stuff that we just don't have time for. I'm, hey, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, listen, I, I want to say this. I really almost forgot baptisms, and I'm going to tell you why. I was so blown away by the God stories that were already up on stage. A lot of the people you saw up here uh, shouldn't either shouldn't be alive because of their own choices or other people's choices. And to watch um, Vanessa do that welcome, man, I just, I was like, man, God is on display tonight. And then to watch, to watch uh, Allie and Susanna and, um, Oh, gosh. Uh, Hopper. <laughs> Madison. Madison. And then to watch the, the band and to know a lot of their stories and then to see Samantha up here, uh, to see the, the baptisms. And I'm going to tell you something. There's already, there's already been a message tonight that God does the impossible. He does the impossible. And so it's just, it's just blown away. And so in closing, oh, hey, Jamie, come on in. <laughs> so he does the impossible. So, hey, tonight is a little different. This is a standalone uh, message. Uh, it won't be like any, well, there might be another one this year like that. But tonight is standalone. You come next week, you're going to hear about what CR is all about. Then we're going to talk about denial. We'll have a uh, testimony later this month. Uh, but nice is a standalone, and so you're out, you have an outline in there. You won't really need it till the end of the message. I'll, I'll tell you when you're going to need it, okay? So it's like like Jeremy said, it's a new year, right, Wendy? All right, it's a new year, okay? It's it's a new year, and uh, man, with the new year comes uh, new resolutions, right? How many did resolutions? Yeah, Gary, okay, yeah, <laughs> Kelly. All right, uh, new goals, uh, you know, they do all that. I'll be real honest with you. I don't do New Year's resolutions, and I don't do New Year's goals, and uh, the reason is because it's the same old me. I'll just be honest with you, and I don't do real well with them, but because after about a month, um, I'm eating the sugar again, and, uh, you know, it's just sort of where it's at, but but that's the purpose. Now, that's just me. Don't, look, I'm Debbie Downer. No, I'm Donald Downer, all right, and so, um, but that's just me, okay, but the whole purpose, though, of the resolution of the new year goal is to be what? A better you, right? It's to be a better me. You know what? That's why a lot of you are here tonight. And listen, I applaud you tonight. Listen, I applaud you. I am so glad that you're here. There's a lot of places you could be on the very first Thursday night of the year, but you chose to be here. And man, I'm so proud of you for that. Now, the reason it's the same old me, that's why I quit making resolutions, okay? Now, I do have, I do have these spiritual things I, I'm chasing after. I want to be more like Jesus. You know, I want, I want, to, I want to share the freedom of Jesus Christ with, with so many other people. But again, the biggest problem I have in life is, is you're listening to him. I tend to get in my own way. I tend to frustrate myself more than anybody else ever frustrates me. Now... Here's what I know about you. Here's what I know about you. If you're here tonight, at this very first Thursday night of the year, you have this hope that there's a chance that your life could be better. 
You're, you're here tonight because you believe there's a chance, and I believe this about you, you want to be free. You want to be free from uh, the anxiety, you want to be free from the alcohol, you want to be free from the porn, the depression, the one-night stands, uh, the trying to control people, the trying to fix people, the, the sugar, the, the, all the, the, the weight of all those things. You want to be free from that. And you're in church. You, you came to a church, to a Christ-centered recovery program. So that also tells me that either you believe in Jesus or you're going to give Jesus a chance. Now, one thing Jesus teaches me everything, every year he teaches me this one thing. Jesus changes everything. Yeah, I can't change me. Scott Moore can't change me. I can't change other people. I've tried. But Jesus changes everything. And Jesus can change everyone. Everyone, all right? Listen, there's no addiction so strong that he can't break it. There's no depression so dark that he can't shine through it. And there's no issue so bad that he can't fix it. And there's nothing so destroyed that he can't redeem it. All right? So listen, that's Jesus. And that's the difference between Celebrate Recovery and a lot of other programs out there. Because if you heard me when I was baptizing Jamie... I didn't say a higher power, Jesus Christ. I said the true higher power, Jesus Christ. Because we do believe in that and we do believe in him. Now tonight, we get to look at a woman in scripture who if she was here tonight, she would be part of Samantha's group, the love and relationship and uh, SA group. And so we're looking at John 4 and the, the scripture is going to be on the screen. So I'm just going to jump into it. Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem. He gets tired and the disciples go into town to buy food. And I'm going to pick up in verse 7. It says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, You're, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Samaritans were not like, not liked by the Jews because they were a mixed race. They were the Assyrians and Jews when they were in, in captivity. Now, what, what this, this whole thing about Jews not liking Samaritans, this is not a, a biblical thing. It's not a godly thing. It's just plain old racist, hateful sin is what it is. And the Jews just did that. As a matter of fact, and, and, and later on in, in chapter uh, 8 of John, the Pharisees are insulting Jesus. You know what they called him? Samaritan. They didn't really believe he was a mixed Jew. They were just using it as a derogatory term. And this lady is shocked because this Jewish man would speak to her because Jews hate women. And not only would he speak to the Samaritan woman. Listen, you got to understand something. A devout Jew... He wouldn't even talk to his own wife in public, much less a, a Samaritan woman. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself, also did it his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
Now, he said eternal life. Now, that's a good church word, but I want to break it down a little bit. He's talking about the forgiveness of sins. He's talking about being made right with God. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, self-control, all that being displayed in us. He's talking about abundant life. He's talking about a life overflowing. He's talking about the absence of the power of addiction in our life. He's talking about the absence of shame in our life. He's talking about the absence of the poison of unforgiveness in our life. He's out talking about the absence of trying to please everyone and fix everyone. He's talking about the absence of, the absence of substances to, to medicate our pain. He's talking about a life free from addiction. That's eternal life. That's the life. That's the, the water that you don't, you don't need more of. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I'm going to sound real cool real quick. She ain't picking up what he's laying down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hope that makes it to Facebook. Verse 16. He told her, go call your husband and come back. And he got real. She says, I have no husband. He said, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you're now living with is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. So I wonder if there was a, a pause in the conversation. I guarantee you there was a sting. But I don't think it was, a, it wasn't a mean sting. It's called conviction. Jesus brought this lady to a point of conviction. Now understand the role of conviction. Conviction is a beautiful word. See, conviction of sin leads to confession of sin which leads to sin being paid for not by us but by Jesus and then it leads to freedom in Christ so I guarantee you there was this pause and now she knows that hey this guy he's different he's not just some Jewish man and she says this sir the woman said I can see that you're a prophet our ancestors worshiped our ancestors, ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied. You don't use that term nowadays. Uh, um, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Now, you got to understand what Jesus just did. He just turned the whole social order of the world upside down. He didn't tell a Jewish man that he was the Messiah. He didn't tell a, 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 a Samaritan man he was the Messiah. He didn't tell a Jewish woman that he was the Messiah. He chose the lowest person on the face of the earth. I'm telling you, for the first time in all the world, I'm the Messiah. And he just turned everything upside down. 28, then leaving her water jar, 
but she didn't leave the water. She got the living water. The woman went back to town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. That's a short testimony, isn't it? But powerful. She's got maybe 15 minutes of relationship with Jesus. And she's already telling people what he's done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. So I got to hurry, so be quiet, okay? (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, What do we know about the lady? She was alone. See, she came during the middle of the day. Most of the women would go in the evening time. But she went when there's no other women there. You know why? Because those women didn't like her. Because you know what? She probably took their husbands, their boyfriends, their brothers, maybe their dads. So she went when she was alone. She was ashamed. Everyone probably knew her. And she was avoiding people. Sounds like a big case of isolation, doesn't it? You know, the only, there's another way to isolate, and it's not by just avoiding people, but that's why, by wearing a mask. It's by not letting people know who you really are and what you really think. And I did it. I did it for probably five years of my ministry. I was a senior pastor of Eastridge. And man, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm not even anxious anymore. I'm just depressed. And then I get to, I cross the line. I'm suicidal, but I don't tell anybody because what would they think? That's the bumper sticker of codependency, I believe. But I'm sitting there, what would they think? And so I would hide it. I would hide it from Gary. I'd hide it from Trey. I'd hide it from people that were closest to me. And I'd preach on Sunday, and then I'd, I would just, it would take me till Thursday to recover. And then that mask just got too heavy. Now, we know what the lady was like. What did Jesus do? Let me tell you what Jesus did. Jesus met her where she was. He didn't wait until she was ready. She didn't wait until she was doing better. He met her where she was. And Jesus knew all about her. And yet he still approached her. Jesus saved her. The woman who had been married five times and now the man she was with was not her husband. What does Jesus still do? Jesus still meets us where we are. Jesus still meets us where, you know what, you might be thinking, you know what, Scott, I, I, I'm drunk. I'm telling you, he'll meet you when you're drunk. He'll, he'll meet you on the way to buy the new bag. He'll, he'll meet you on the way for the, the new hookup. He'll, he'll meet you when you're clicking the, the, the screen on the computer. He'll meet you where you are. And you don't have to get cleaned up to meet Jesus. He does the cleaning up. Jesus knows all about you. He knows your drug of choice, and we all have one. Porn, sugar, other people, away from other people, alcohol. You name it, shopping, gambling. We all have that drug of choice. He knows it. And you're thinking, you mean he knows all about me? 
and my sin and how deep and, and horrible it is. Doesn't that cancel me out? I read this quote this past week. We, we tend to think our sin overwhelms God. But listen, A.W. Tozer said this, my sin does not overwhelm the love of God. Rather, the love of God overwhelms my sin. 1 John 1, 9, a great display of the love of God. He says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know what else Jesus does? He still saves. Jesus saves us. So what can we learn from tonight? Now you can use your outlines. How you are now does not have to be how you finish. Your beginning does not have to determine your end. Okay? Where you are now does not mean this is how you're going to fish. The lady was not the same as she was. Jesus gave her a new beginning. You do not have to be the same forever and ever and ever and ever. And you may be thinking, you know what? I will never change. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus changes everything. You cannot walk with Jesus and remain the same. You can't. At CR, here at Celebrate Recovery, what we want to do is come alongside you and help you walk out of that hurt. Help you walk out of that habit that you hate. Help you walk out of that hang-up and help you walk with Jesus, the only higher power. That's what we want to do here. You know, that lady's life, it was used for some unholy purposes. And we don't know when it began. All we know is she's been married five times. But you know what? If we think about it, there could have been a lot of abuse prior to that. But men used her for unholy purposes. Let's be honest. Our lives were used for unholy purposes. To gratify ourselves. Maybe it was used by some other people. And I hate that for you. I hate that for you. He hates that for you. But here's what I learned from her. Our lives, no matter what we did, can be used for holy purposes. She probably felt like the least likely person to go and tell what God does. And a whole village came to faith in Christ. How? Because Jesus met her where she was. Not after she tried harder and harder and harder to do better. And then she told others what Jesus had done. Jesus meets us where we are. That so through our testimony, we will bring others to meet Jesus. Some of you have done your step study. You know, the purpose of your testimony is not for us to have a great Thursday night. And I'm going to tell you, testimonies make for a great Thursday night. There's a joke among the team that I always say, man, this is my new favorite night. And then somebody put a picture of Winnie, Pooh going, Winnie the Pooh going, this is my new favorite day. I'm, hey, I'm Scott. I struggle with Winnie the Pooh identification. That's me. All right. You have a testimony. And man, we want to hear it. But don't wait just till Thursday night. Les, I want to challenge you. You've been through a step study. Hey, I want to challenge you. I want to double dog dare you. Man, Get with Colleen. Get with me. We want to hear your testimony. We'll help you write it. But also, too, some of you are here maybe for the first time, 
and you're hearing about the hope and love of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, there's somebody at your work, there's somebody in your neighborhood, there might be somebody in your home, somebody in your church. They need to hear just five minutes. Hey, let me tell you what. I went to celebrate recovery and I heard that Jesus accepts me where I am. Just tell that one minute testimony. Just like God's plan for her, God's plan is to use you for holy purposes. I want to give you a vision for your life tonight. Man, you might you might be a, an engineer. You, 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 you might be a stay-at-home dad. I don't know what, what your role is as far as uh, your title. But you were created for holy purposes. You were created to draw other men and women and students and children to Jesus Christ. People that are trapped in addiction and anger and, and emotional wounds. Man, you, you were created to rescue these people. Not in your own power. You can't do it. But through the power of Jesus Christ. Through your testimony. And sometimes a testimony is just a small invitation. Hey, come with me on Thursday night. Come with me on Sunday morning. Come with me. Now, you were at the beginning of what God can do in your life. Seriously, I, some of you have been in recovery. Uh, Rick, you've been in recovery how many years now? Tell me. 31 years. We celebrated 30 this past year, right? 31 years. That's incre incredible. But you know what? Still at the beginning of what God can do. Still at the beginning of what God can do. You're just at the beginning. Now, how do we not forget this? You've got to talk to yourself. Now, somebody goes, Scott, that's why they sent me to celebrate recovery. No, you got to talk to yourself. And what I mean, you'll see this through, through the Psalms. King David would say, hey, old soul, why so downcast, oh, my soul? Hey, why, why are you so downcast? Put your faith in God. Hey, you. Hey, Scott. I want to challenge you this year. I just want to give you a verse for the year. And I want to challenge you, just, just memorize this verse. I write this verse down every morning, every morning. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord. Hey, soul, bless the Lord. <laughs> so bless the Lord and forget not his benefits. Hey, quit thinking about all the things you're thinking about. Quit worrying about all the things you're worried about. Quit worrying about the temptation. Hey, forget not his benefits, Scott. Who forgives all your, and uh, it says iniquities, but or sins. I can't remember which translation I put up there. Who, who forgives all your iniquities? God forgives all your sin. Tell yourself that. Who heals all your diseases. Man, tell yourself that. Who, who redeems your life from destruction. Man, tell yourself that. The things that you think are wrecked and, and, and forever broken, he redeems those things. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so it will renew your strength like the eagles. And cut off the podcast for a moment. Man, cut off the, the Netflix and the Amazon and the, and the Hulu and the Disney. And I just went through all my subscriptions. <laughs> cut them off. Especially when your mind is in that cyclical thinking, that spiral thinking, that downward spiral thinking. 
Go, stop. Hey, soul, bless the Lord. Forget not his benefits. And then just walk through. Talk to yourself and talk to each other. Her story started out, she was all alone. She's no longer alone. Now she's in a right relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. And now all these men and all these women that she used to, she used to hide from the women and she used to be used by the men. Now she's got a forever family that knows her and accepts her just as she is. She doesn't have to wear a mask. She doesn't have to hide. No more, no more going to the well of the heat of the day. You know, here at Celebrate Recovery, you no longer have to be alone. Listen, you know what we do when we come in a big group? Man, we celebrate, man, what God's doing. Man, we celebrate it. And sometimes our souls need to be reminded by those words that are on the screen. Man, we need to know that. And we need to say it out loud. Our soul needs to hear us say it. And then we come in here and we get this instruction um, for, the, for the 12 steps and the eight biblical principles. Man, and we got a great team teaching. And then you go to open share group. And you know what you don't have to do open share group? Pretend. You don't have to pretend you got it all together. If you blew it this week, and you share it. Confess your sins to one another so that you might be healed. And you know what else you get to do at open share group? Be accepted. Be loved. Be known. And then one day, maybe you'll get in a step study where all of a sudden you're laying out these things that have caused the hurts, the habits, the hangups, the pains, the addictions, all the things. And you just go to another level. So the last thing I want to say is God's not done with you. He's not done with you. So keep coming back. Man, keep coming back. You saw a lady in that story, the true story. You saw a lady come to faith in Jesus. Tonight, you saw two people baptized. And I'm not going to belabor this, but man, if you want to be baptized tonight, if you've never been baptized into Jesus Christ, and that's your next step, while I'm praying, just, just come up here. And then we'll baptize you in faith. Father God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you love us right here, right now, right where we are. You know us. You accept us. You save us. And Father, I pray, God, that we will know that we were created for the holiest of purposes. And that, Father, you will take our mess and turn it into a beautiful message where you're the star. And Father, you draw all people to yourself. Lord, I thank you and I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to say it one more time. Anybody want to be baptized tonight into Christ? That hasn't been baptized yet. All right. Love y'all. I'm so glad you're here.